0: One, one, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is. Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor. And subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button. And it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremover.com. So we're live in Bognor Regis with the man himself, Mr. Jay Alderson. Welcome to the podcast, my man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down, by the way. Mate, I, uh, I, I never thought I'd say I'd, I'd come from the Gold Coast to Bognor Regis, but, you know, it's a pleasure to come down here and see, uh, it's a diff- see see what you built, see what you built, all this, mate, the studio is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, honestly, like, um, I uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but when I closed my gym down, I moved home. I had uh, videographer David and Jason with us and uh, we just got cracking in this little room in my house for 18 months before we built this place. And obviously the pandemic happened as well and we moved into it. We built the place like August, 2020 and then had it uh, October, 2020. And it's just nice because, you know, people thought that I was going to build a gym or something or that because I was doing fitness. I was like, no, I'm building a content studio because that's always been the way forward content video putting it out there to the world and it's something that i've done for the last christ
0: eight nine years now because you're growing at like three to five thousand a day on tiktok at the moment right
1: yeah it was i mean it's about three it was a crazy stage beginning of this year about three thousand a day and it's about three three to four thousand a week at the moment so it's gone down massively
0: but it's still still getting some traction, which is good. Still, I mean, obviously, you've you've pivoted massively in your life at different points, like from, from your early days, obviously being in the army and and everything that you went through in, in that. And obviously, you came yeah. out of the army and went into like some special operations type stuff. I mean, kind of give us a bit of an insight and the audience that don't know you, kind of a bit of an insight into how all that transition came about.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I joined the army at 17. And one of the main reasons being is I joined college was just, didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. And um, I, always, I always say a story that um, Weatherspoons, you know, Weatherspoons yeah, yeah. had this thing called Sorry, Ronnie. And what it was is burger chips and a pint for less than the price of an extra value meal. So my lunch consisted of that plus another two or three pints. And then I'll go back into college where I was learning computers and I just played Bomberman <laughs> the rest of the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And it's just because I just wasn't challenged and I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. I was good with tech and computers. I, I, you know, I loved going to the gym. And then I was like, I need to join the army. And you know, my journey started 17 years of age, joined the Royal Signals to become a radio systems operator. Um, did that for seven years. Left, worked actually in IT for a year. Once again, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Got an opportunity to work abroad, um, had kind of an incredible 18 months doing um, psychological operations for the US government and then I was security advisor for the UN in Kenya and Somalia and then I got made redundant from that job that was a really unfortunate time in 2012 because I, one way fortunately I just got a mortgage from my wife and I put all of the, my savings into it and then got made redundant and literally had nothing and it was the first time I'd actually written something down I was like right what are you good at what do you want to do I was like, I love going to the gym. I love helping people. I like writing nutrition plans. I've got like 2,000 followers on Facebook. That I've put all my fitness stuff on. I was like, Jay, be a PT. And I was was a bit reluctant at first because I was like, you know, I don't want to resent the thing that was my hobby and passion. So that's what made me, that's what stopped me from doing it. And and also I saw PTs in the gym who were miserable, who were in there 10, 12 hours a day. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. And i realized that you know what i saw as a pt in that traditional role was not what i wanted to be i wanted to be something different and you know as much as i was a personal trainer i wanted to be a body transformation coach and a lot of people say well what's a body transformation coach and i was like well pt worries about the hour that they're with the clients and i worry about the other 23. it was a good selling (laughs) it was a good selling thing but it's a great way to think about it yeah And, and in all honesty i realized that and before I came a PTI, I competed a couple of times and done very well in, in competitions. And it made me realize that it's not just about what you do in the gym. It's about every habit and routine that you do out. So with my clients, I was you know training them, but also seeing how much sleep they were getting, seeing what their nutrition is like, seeing what their stress levels are like, asking them these questions and saying, you need to be looking at these things as well. And that's why I was getting so many crazy results with people. So... I went from being made redundant, eight, I think it was about sixteen grand in debt, to three years being one of the most well-known PTs in the UK, and then from there, this was you know fast-forwarding now to 2015, built a gym from scratch, uh, was business partners with Grenade, where we built this Grenade Fit gym, you know, phenomenal three years that we had there, Grenade. Had this thing called Carb Killer, which was absolutely awesome, and uh, you know they're, they're selling kind of 1.2, 1.5 million bars a week with that, and that really took off at the same time that we built the gym. So they were very much focused on that. I was focused on building the gym, how I wanted to build it, and we, we just had massive kind of differences of opinion. You know, they wanted to build um once again their brand, and I wanted to go off and do my own things because yeah, as yeah, we yeah, progressed at yeah. that time. You know, my dream was building a gym, my dream was competing and doing fitness and a lot of things changed. You know, the way that I thought changed, my client base changed, the things I wanted in life changed. And I felt a little bit stuck when I had a, you know, when I'm a a gym director. So it was a very difficult decision, but we decided to separate 2019 and uh, I started my business again.
0: Was that was that kind of hard for you? Because obviously you you'd branded yourself at that particular oh, yeah. point as Grenade J on on Instagram. So obviously that's that's yeah. what because that was the, those early days when, when I you know when I was younger back in England that was when I first came across you as yeah. Grenade J. You know you were all over social media back then, and it's like you know having your name tied to to a brand and having that must have been a massive pivot for you, right? It,
1: it was yeah, and you know one of the reasons back in the day you know you're looking at. 2012, 2013, I think 2013, I became Grenade Jane. One of the main reasons, I just wanted to show my loyalty to the brand. You know, it wasn't just the case. A lot of people at the time, they'd spot they'd get sponsors, and they'd get about five different sponsors, you know, they, and they would jump between sponsors and sponsor. Um, and I wanted to show my loyalty to the brand. I said, look, I'm in. Wherever this journey goes, I'm in. And of course, eight years later of doing that, we ended up becoming business partners. But once again, you know, when... Um, when you've been on that journey for 10 years things change now when you have when you've yeah. got two kids when you're doing lots of different things your passions your in your enjoyment for different things completely changes and i'm a very different person now to what it was 10 years ago so that natural evolution is that you know I sat down and thought well i could be helping somebody else build their business or i can go and build my own and very very difficult decision because essentially you you're in a business partnership with a good friend
0: yeah, and yeah, yeah.
1: you don't want that to affect the relationship as well
0: and when you when you have a divorce in business like that you've got a you've got a kind of understand that you don't want it to take that friendship away you know it's it's, yeah. it's a difficult thing that's why that's why I don't tend to work with friends anymore for, yeah. for those kind of reasons because I've, I've had fallings out in the past about it, it, uh, yeah. and and to be honest the fallings out when you actually break it down a few years later they're fallings out over nothing but it's it, but it but it's just like you know you you, you have an opinion they have an opinion and the, they never correlate all the time and it's just such a stressful relationship I mean what is, would you, would you say from your learnings of doing that, would you ever go into business with friends again after that? No, I mean, one, there's so much that I learned from it and,
1: in you know, in a good way. And I'm glad that I went through that whole three-year process because it was a business degree to me. Yeah. You know, learning what I wanted from a business and most importantly, learning what I didn't want and making the mistakes as I go along. Back then, I was all about the hustle and grind. I was all about working seven days a week and no one all outwork me and all of this bollocks. And these days, I'm kind of working four days a week, getting really annoyed if I work past four and uh, heading off to a spa on a Thursday to relax and read a book. Very, very different, but... But
0: but is that the, the reason you can do that Jay from what i've seen here and from what i've seen of your content is because of the structure that the army gave you in the first place to be able to because you are very regimented in what you do you, you, we were talking before the podcast and it's like you eat the same every day and you you, you know you probably you probably got the same color clothes you have probably got the same t-shirts you probably you probably everything's uh, rigid I'm not, right I'm, I'm not that regimented no. Uh, with
1: you my, seem it you seem it to me yeah with my habits i am there are th- there are certain bits, that, if you ask my wife, there are a lot of things, uh, a lot of messiness to my life. But I like to have what what's going on up there organised. Yeah. And that comes down to those disciplines, that comes down to those habits and routines. And it comes down to knowing what you give a fuck about and what you don't give a fuck about. And there are certain things that a lot of people care about that I don't. And that's changed a lot over the years, and there's certain things that I do. And what I care about is knowing that... In order to do the thing that I love doing, which is helping people and giving value to the world, I need to look after myself first, because not being able to look after myself—and this is one big problem that so many people do—is that they burn themselves out serving other people because that—that's their mission and their goal. But they don't serve them at their best because they're fucking exhausted.
0: Yeah, I've, you know, they're, I've, I've, I've seen lacking that
1: sleep, lacking nutrition, you know, doing all the things, and you know, I work with a lot of PTs. And I say something, you're doing your clients a personal disservice, not looking after yourself, because you're unable to turn up at your best. And they feel guilty taking that time off, saying to their clients, you can WhatsApp me whenever, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, no, they can't. Yeah. That's your time where you're getting some sleep. If, if a client emails me at eight o'clock, well, they, first they won't because they don't have my number. But secondly, there are systems and processes in place, not just for them, but it's boundaries. You you need you boundaries. Set, you have to set a, them, don't you? A hundred percent. Because if you don't, it's only gonna be a matter of time before you break and
0: I'm I'm talking from experience from from how, doing this. How can how can the listeners out there that want to kind of put more structure in, into their life in terms of like getting, getting set on what they want to do and what they will and won't accept? How could they put that structure in f- from your experience to get the best out of it?
1: I think they need to look at where they are currently and where they want to be. A lot of people don't have their own kind of life audit and assessment of just sitting down and going, am I happy with the things that I'm currently doing? Where do I see myself in five years? And what are the things that are stopping me from getting there? And a lot of the time, it's getting out of your own way. The biggest problem that we have is that we convince ourselves, firstly, everything's okay, and secondly, that we don't need any help. And that's the biggest problem because a lot of people don't do the deep work of learning, reading, understanding themselves, being self-aware because a lot of people don't like what, what they hear, especially in their own voice, and their own head. No one likes to be told that they're a bell end. No one likes to be told that they have a short temper, they're impatient, that they're not a nice person. Because we have this thing in our head that, you know, we have to look at ourselves every single day. And I think when you are more self-aware, you let yourself off the hook and say, look, I'm not perfect, I've got these flaws, but I'm working on them. Yeah. But if you don't think you've got those flaws, how are you supposed to get better? And it's just this kind of arrogance that we have to ourselves. That we don't have these things because in our head we're all perfect, and that keeps you safe from the, those kind of harsh realities. But it's those harsh realities that's going to make you change and become a better person, and thus creating yourself a better life.
0: Because it literally is all about radical honesty, this brutal, hear, li- brutal, this not just with people
1: but with yourself as well. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Because I've I've had to sit down in the last twelve months and have some real. Rough conversations with me, uh, with me, me and myself, and I, you know, and and really understand okay, right? This is why this point, point, this part of your life, Frankie, isn't where you want it to be, mate, because you are not taking the action on this and this and this. And if you did, then you would feel more fulfilled. Because with a lot of people, happiness I've found for me personally, and I think it will come for a lot of you guys listening to this. It's like happiness comes from the fact of like when you're actually in the just the constant pursuit of something that's bigger than yourself, it, it doesn't come in one move. It comes in, in, in the constant activity levels of, of whatever lights you up. Yeah, And that's, and that, that, that's why we were talking before the, before this about this podcast that I'm doing. It's like, well, I can sit in, in at home and, and worry about this, this, and this, and this not happening. Or I could just literally like just keep, keep moving, keep, keep kicking the can down the road and taking the activity towards
1: it. Yeah. And biggest problem that people have is that they say, once I achieve that, I'll be happy. And that's the big problem because they are making themselves miserable and delaying that happiness. Because they say, if I just do this for two or three years, then I'll be in a position where I can retire or be happy. And I'm like, dude, you'll do this for two or three years. You'll sacrifice your happiness now. You'll get to that destination. You won't be happy. You'll be fucking miserable. And then you'll look back and go, what the hell was I doing? And I almost went down that route. 2016 which is why I can confidently say that happiness is something that is within us right now and we have to find it straight away. And it's a lot of that is understanding that a lot of things that you are chasing is approval from other people who don't actually fucking matter because so many people have got their own things going on. They haven't got time to look at what you're doing. And even if they do, all you're going to get is, Oh yeah, cool that that person's doing good stuff, they don't know you. The people who know you are, are your close family, your close friends, your kids, if you have them. And they're the only people that you need to kind of prove yourself to. And how you're gonna prove yourself to them is not by earning more money and becoming more successful, it's spending time with them and being happy and not being distracted.
0: Yeah, being, being present. I um, I got a bit of a wake up call from my mum like the other day, she's like, you know, Frankie, you've been back here, what, eight, nine weeks. and it's just like you've not you've not been present with me and your dad, and I'm like, Do you know that that kind of that kind of hits you because, and the reason why it hurt me when she said it was because it was fucking true. It was true. It's like I, I've been back and I'm thinking about popping back to Australia in the meantime before popping back to the UK to finish off this 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 tour here. But it's like, ha, ha, you know it's it's a consistent thing now. I'm I'm very mindful of this the fact of like when wherever you are, be there. Wherever you are, be there because uh, that is something that, that is, is something I have been weak at myself. Is, is, is there points in your life where you've, you've clearly identified that in yourself?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that as in, in my 20s and in my early 30s, I, needed, I felt like I needed to prove that I was worthy of the things that I was doing. So I needed to, and, and so many people do this, they want to achieve things to build confidence or achieve people to say that you're good enough. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a period of my life now where I, you know, I've, and it's not, I've done all the things, but I say to myself, you know, you're good enough. You've done the work, you've done the hustle and grind. You've done, I'm confident in my abilities, physical, mental, and i'm good and i remember this quote which i always say it's it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war and what that actually means is that you know a warrior in a garden who's gardening and doing you know priming roses and stuff if shit hits the fan that guy's a warrior he's ready to fucking go but if a gardener goes to war he or she lacks the skills to be able to fight now I feel very much now like that kind of warrior in the garden that I live a very relaxed life. I live a very peaceful life. I don't get bothered by people. But if shit hits the fan, let's fucking go. I'm all good. I've built mental and physical capacity to to go, let's fucking go. And And I think it was, I remember Jordan Peterson saying on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said that everyone should be everyone should be kind and loving it's like no everyone should be a fucking savage everyone should be able to you know be a savage but then they need to learn how to control it and that's what I've probably been pushing myself in for the last kind of eight years with a lot of the stuff that I've done is that I'm I know I've got it in me to mentally and physically push to wherever I want to be and because I have and can I don't need to
0: yeah, this this is something I've I've, I've realized as well because I've I've obviously seen all this. There's a, a lot a lot of this stuff in the world at the moment. It's all like very soft, very nicey nicey. All this stuff, but when you when you actually look at it, you have to have a little bit of that oomph in you you know a little bit that ego sometimes you need to tame it back but you need it because if you don't have it and you don't have that drive and that ambition and that and that get up and go you're not going to get where you want to get to anyway and you've got to be not afraid to ruffle a few feathers along the way because it's like there's too many people out there trying to please people and i've i've tried to please uh family or friends or or old acquaintances in the past by not chasing what what truly aligns and it's like the other day um the in June, it was my birthday, right? B- early, early June, it was my birthday, and um, I, I left. I left my birthday to go to the gym to go do what I wanted to do on my birthday. And when I come back, my mom said to me, like, "Oh, it's, it's, you could have stayed longer with the family and this that, and the other." And I was like, "No," because then I'm then I'm doing what serves you, not what serves me, and I have to serve me first. Cause it's my fucking birthday for a start, and I need to train. Like, it's not you have to. I was there for four hours, but she, but in her mind, she wanted me there for eight, right? But this is this is where people get it twisted. A lot of people would would stay there for the eight to please someone else, but that's not serving you, is it? And that's I think that's where a lot of people in life are going wrong. And I just you know, well, it's it's the need to please others, and it's such
1: a downfall of other people because the reason that you're trying to please others is that you're worried of what other people think, and what ends up happening is that if you serve other people before you serve yourself. You're not going to achieve fuck all, and. This is the biggest issue that so many people have. And a lot of it, you know, go back to what we're saying is that a lot of it's down to resilience and understanding what that is. Because resilience isn't something that you can read in a book. Resilience comes with making multiple mistakes, fuck-ups, failures, going through a lot of pain and suffering, and then coming out, out on the other side and learning from those experiences. Now, the reason that people aren't very resilient is that they're too afraid to make a mistake, to have a failure, to have a setback. And because of that, they don't build that resilience.
0: Is this why you start your days with the cold dips and everything like that? It's just all it, it's about definitely. the resilience. It's,
1: it's all about, for me, I always say that life is easy when you think about things and doing things that make you harder to kill. And what things make you harder to kill? Lifting weights. Everyone knows that building a strong body makes you harder to kill. Adapt into the cold not only does it have physiological benefits, it has psychological benefits because the last thing that I want to do when I wake up in the morning is go for a jump in the sea. It's, it's much easier at the moment in the summer, but when it's December, there's frost on the ground and I'm going outside with a coat and a hat and gloves, the last thing in my head is, oh cool, we're just going to jump in the sea today. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's like, well, we're doing it anyway. Because one of the things that I'm conditioning myself to do is to have a thought and not want to do something and do it anyway. And I always say that motivation is doing things when you feel like doing it and discipline is doing things regardless of how you feel. The trouble is that so many people are relying on motivation to get stuff done in their life. And if you rely on motivation, you get fuck all done. Because motivation is having the feeling of wanting to do something and getting the benefit up front. Whereas discipline is about not wanting to do something and getting the benefit of the back end. So when you finish that task that you've done, when you've finished doing that stretching session, when you finish doing that seed it, when you finish going to the gym and it's getting attached to that feeling of after you do it, not before.
0: What's the first piece of discipline that if you know, just a general general person in the world, what's the first piece of discipline that you would get them to put into their life? to start with because obviously you build you build, you build, build on these habits don't you so you can't just put them all in one day but if there was one piece of discipline you'd, you'd instill from day one what would it be? There's a lot because there's
1: a lot of things that you can do mentally and physically which are difficult to do and you've got to find what works for you I could sit here and talk about right everyone needs to have a cold shower every morning everybody needs to go for a dip in the sea But what we're looking at is the outcome of that. And what the outcome of that is, is that we're doing these things because they are uncomfortable, but they make our minds happy. And there are many different things that you can do for that. You can go to the gym. Yeah. You know, so it's the outcome that we're looking to do and the process of it. So you need to be looking at habits and routines that you know are beneficial for you, but are also difficult to do. Uh, A number of them will be stretching. A lot of this is normally starting your day doing these things. Stretching, journaling, breath work, cold showers, sea dips, going to the gym, going for a run, doing all these things which most people don't naturally consistently do because they are difficult. And a quote that I've said for many years now is hard things, easy life, easy things, hard life. If you choose not to do these things, life fucks you because you are unable to mentally and physically deal with what life throws at you if i'm jumping in the sea every single day that's the hardest part of my day anything else for the day has, easy. is perspective because it's been compared well, you jumped it's december jane you jumped in that and in the sea and guess what you came out with a smile on your face any person who's going to be rude to me today i couldn't give a fuck because it's not exactly difficult compared to the things that i've done so it's really understanding it, it's that kind of mind frame of choosing to do difficult things to have that easy life and it is a it is a mind frame of it and the the next thing that I say to people is no one's going to see that you do them no one's going to check to see if you are doing them no one cares what you practice in private you're rewarded for in public funny enough that I had someone say a couple of weeks ago Jay I don't see you vlogging or doing any videos in the gym are you still going to the gym i said yeah i'm training harder than ever but the beautiful thing is is that i love going to the gym i love doing it for me and because i'm not doing the fitness stuff anymore i've got my hobby back so just because you don't see someone doing something doesn't mean that they're not doing it and not everything needs to be documented but the reason that we do these things is not for anybody else it's for ourselves and that's what people get confused when i first started off lifting weights in the gym it was to build a physique that I could show off to others. I was a competitor, of course. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the whole point. But for me now, it's for my mental health. It's for my confidence. It's for my self-esteem. It's for, it's for me. It's for nobody else. And actually, when you start doing things for yourself instead of for others, it's very easy to do them. Incredibly easy to do them. Because if you consistently do these things, your life gets easier. Mentally, physically, I can deal with so much more now because I've spent twenty-four years lifting weights, jump in the sea every single day, do breath work every morning, I stretch every morning. Yeah, my morning routine is a very long-winded one. They're like, Jesus Christ, how do you, how do you? How long long is the morning routine? So, I get up at half four. Uh, I'll I'll take you through this morning's uh, routine. So, half four this morning, got up, uh, go downstairs, stretch mat out do a 25 minute stretching session I use an app called RonWad which is which is awesome because they have a daily stretch there so do that do three rounds of Wim Hof breathing which I've just got into the last couple of weeks which has been incredible especially for like my anxiety and then i read a chapter of a book the time then is quarter to seven I drive to the gym do a workout finish there about ten past seven drive down to the seafront Go for a walk for thirty minutes, and then jump in the sea, and then head back home. I'm normally home for about quarter past eight. Breakfast, see the kids before they go to school, and then head here to the studio. So I'm in the studio normally about
0: about nine o'clock. So by so by nine by nine a.m. in the morning, you've literally done your day's worth. I've done, done day's worth of activity. You've I've got done, your steps in. You've got everything in.
1: I've done everything that I need to do for my own self, mental, physical well-being. So I am fully at
0: service to anybody who needs me for the rest of the day. And while all that's happening, I suppose the phone's off, there's nothing, there's no distractions. I mean,
1: the, I use the phone and sometimes I get into the habit of just quickly checking things. But a lot of the time it is go down, do your stretch, do your breath work, read your chapter and then have a quick look at the
0: phone before you go to the gym. Because I didn't, I'm sure I watched on your socials before that you you don't even sleep with the phone in the same room no. or anything like that. No, worst thing you can do. Yeah. And
1: one of the things that people look at is a morning routine. Like, oh, you know. But that all starts from the evening routine. Yeah. Because a lot of people say to me, oh, you get up at half four, what time do you go to sleep? I'll go to bed at nine. And they like, oh. So I still get seven and a half hours, eight hours sleep because sleep is incredibly important. But the reason I'm able to go at nine, firstly, I'm knackered because I've been up and done all of that stuff by nine o'clock. But secondly, I have a wind down routine where I put my phone away at eight pm, spend a, like an hour with a wife watching Netflix or Gogglebox at the moment, which is in, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, You're getting dragged into that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. I, 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 yeah, that's it. Love Island, no. Uh, Gogglebox. Love Island's on uh, too
0: late for you. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank God. Thank God. Um, and uh, I go up at nine, read a paper book in bed, and because it's of course not stimulating with electronics and that. I, I can only get like a chapter read and not like even a chapter about three pages and I'm nodding off and, and that's me. You know, I'm but I'm normally asleep by quarter past, half past nine. I've got one of those kind of light alarms that slowly raise, but my body clock straight away, even if I don't set an alarm, 20 past four, I'll
0: look and I was like, you know, I naturally wake up at that time. I mean for me on a personal level this this just just traveling just coming back to england has as as massively uh, affected my habits I've, I've I've found it a real struggle to come to a different environment and implement the same habits as i have in australia like yep. I, i'm not even gonna lie to anybody that the, the I, I i every day in australia like i breathe and i meditate and I, I get up in the morning and i go to the beach and and i, I do my morning walk and, and everything that you said i do all that and then i come here and it's like I don't do all that all the time. I do. I might breathe once or twice a week, and I might go for a walk three times a week. And it's like the the, the real struggle for me on a personal level is, has been has been taking those habits with me to another location, especially when you are traveling. I've yeah. I realized that I might even have to go back to Australia now to reinstill my disciplines to be able to come back and finish off what I, what, what I started yeah. because that's literally like where I am struggling. So that routine,
1: as I just showed you there, that's like three. It's nearly like a four-hour routine. And that is typical day for me when I am here in my hometown with a perfect rotation. When I'm traveling, it's not obviously going to be that long. It's maybe going to be about half an hour, 45 minutes. So I always have kind of a plan B or a travel routine. And it's going, right, okay, let's have a look at all of those habits and what the benefit are are from them. And let's have a look at uh, an on-the-road version of that That I'm still going to get just as much benefit from but just more condensed so obviously I can't do a c-dip when I'm on the road but if I'm in a hotel I can get a cold shower that's two or three minutes done so I can start my day with that and that you know replaces my c-dip I can get a chapter of a book 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes I can do some breath work which takes four to five minutes I can do a stretch session which is
0: 15 to 20 minutes but you're still getting the activity in yeah i think i think that's what that's that, that's one thing where i where i should have held myself accountable it's like n- you don't need to breathe for half an hour every day frankie boy you can just literally like you know do 5 minutes but, yeah. then, but then in my head i'm like cuz i cuz i cuz i want to be cuz it's not, per- a, it's because not perfect or yeah. not Uh, you know it's like well now you've lost the activities now you're doing it three times a week rather than seven times a week and that's why you need an alternative
1: and and for me it's it's understanding what your non-negotiables are that's that's a perfect day routine which i try and get in maybe five days a week saturday i stay in a bit more depends how much i drunk on friday night um so the stretching on the weekend might go out the window but the sea dip will be a non-negotiable in there
0: So, so, so you should you actually drink Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I never would have expected you to drink. Are <laughs> serious? I never. Well, I was a squaddy for Christ. Uh, I know, I, 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 I never would have. Because you're always in immaculate condition. how do how, you how, 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 how train the alcohol? Well,
1: one of the things that, that I would say is that people chase his perfection, okay? They're like, yeah. right, cool. All of my habits need to be good. I'm like, no, they don't. You just need to have more good habits than, than bad. bad.
0: Yeah, I like that. So you can like still,
1: that. and here's the thing. Sometimes when the danger's in the dosage, if you were to look at my kryptonite, drinking. The I danger's in the dosage. That yeah. is an
0: epic quote. That. Yeah, the and dangers I love, in the love the a dosage.
1: beer. I absolutely fucking love a beer. So I drink too much beer. You know, back in 2020, I stopped drinking because 2020, as everyone knows, we're in lockdown and I was working my tits off at home and I was necking these two massive bottles of beer because that was my that was my release. It was like, this is such a stressful thing. I'm I'm going to have that and have something to look forward to. And then I'll just come a bit too dependent on it. And then just like my alcohol, started going, you know, more and more drinking. I was like, right. Woke up on the 31st of August, 2020. I was like, no more alcohol for you this year. You've taken a piss. And it's being able to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I noticed a pattern which I'm unhappy with. And I just woke up one day and said, Enough's I'm going to... Pu- I'm going to punish you now for being a twat. And this is the, I I call this a second voice. It sounds a bit weird, but a lot of people listen to the first voice. And the first voice in the head is don't do that. Don't be stupid. Why are you jumping in the sea? Justification voice, isn't it? Yeah. And then the second one says, this is exactly why we're doing it. So I won't go in the sea today because it's a bit choppy. It's a bit windy and it's raining. And the second voice says, that's exactly why we're going in today. Because you know, Jay, the, the best C-dips are the ones in the worst condition because they're the most fun. And then it's like, oh yeah. So for me, that second voice woke me up on the 31st of August and said, you've been a dick for the last four months drinking. What's the worst thing that I could punish you with? You're not drinking for the rest of the year. And I was yeah. like, what? I, and here's the thing, I love drinking at Christmas. And I that 2020 was the first time I didn't drink over Christmas for must have been 17 years. And it was just something I says to myself. If I say, if that same voice says that I'm either doing something or not doing something, i listen to it.
0: Do you reckon a lot of your success in business and training and everything else comes from the stability of having like a, you know, a wife and the kids and Uh, all that stuff? 100%. Because I've often wondered this because obviously as a, as a single man myself, it's, I kind of think you can get pulled in every direction with with, uh, with a lot of stuff because obviously, you, you know, you, you get you get needs and all this stuff and everything, everything goes on, what goes on, what goes on. But it's kind of a realisation I had when I was talking to this guy Thomas I had on the podcast the other day. He was saying, look, I'm looking to lock down because I've realised in the last 16, 18 months of my life that I have lost money and, and, and done less business and been less productive because I didn't have a missus. That, is that something you found yourself?
1: Very much so. I mean, I'm not. I'm not one to go out late at night. I'm not one to party. I'm, you know, I'm all up for socializing. I do have that party animal in me, but I like a simple home life, and I love the family life, and it serves me very, very well because it allows me to get into these routines, look forward to coming home, and spending the weekend with the family, and you know, setting up my life for that. And I would say, yeah, I mean, I've been with my wife. We got together first started going out at 13. Got married at 22, so this was way before Tinder and all of this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, just looking at it now from my my perspective, it'd be a fucking nightmare. Now it really, really would. It's I was just fucking you know soul destroying. Let I, me tell you, I, no, but I've I've spoken I've spoken to my wife Anna about this, and I was just like, God, can you imagine it? Like all these apps where you're just swiping and choosing, and you're not meeting people. It's just it's like kind of a visual thing. And I just I just yeah. It's it's this kind of thing of having too much choice now, which means that as we know, like we're in this world of unable to make decisions because we've got too much choice. Whereas before it was like we had less decisions and it's easier to make a choice. and, And I suppose you've had to work through lots of things as well. Yeah, very much so. So 2016 was probably one of my pinnacle growth kind of periods for me because I opened the gym, was doing lots of things and focusing on my career and becoming successful and making the sacrifices for that. I remember speaking to my wife, Anna, and I so, told her that you need to treat this 2016 like I'm away in Iraq, like I was when I was in the army. And the worst thing is, is that we kind of agreed on that. So I'd be working, you know, be getting up at 5 AM, working till 11 o'clock, getting home about half past 11, working on my laptop till 12, one o'clock, going to sleep, waking up at four, doing it all again, seven days a week, not spending any time with the family, not spending any time with friends, just doing that. 2016, I ticked every single box that I ever wanted to do that year. There was nothing that I
0: didn't achieve. In in terms of what you deemed as success to you at that time. Yeah, so number one podcast, best-selling book, world record charity
1: event, which raised thousands of pounds, built my gym facility, was maintained a fitness model physique. And I got to December, look back and reflected for about two days of going, wow, how awesome has this the year been? And then suddenly this dark cloud of going, why do I feel so shit? Why do I feel- Did you feel like empty? Yeah, completely empty. One of the main reasons being is that, I realised that I'm doing all of this for my family and to have a better life for them, but I haven't seen them at all this year.
0: Yeah,
1: I haven't spent any time with them at all. My daughter at the time was three, and I probably didn't really notice her and what she was doing that entire year, and I just had this sudden guilt and and this sudden thing of going, you know, w- what are you doing, what direction are you in, and so much so that I end up, you know. We split up for for about three or four months. I moved out, moved into a flat, and thought that that was the way forward. The way forward is to, if I want to be on this path, I need to do it by myself. And I remember having this flat, kitted it out with all this, you know, proper proper lads pad. And I remember sitting in there, just miserable. Like, what are you doing with your life? A month ago, you were on a cloud, and and now. You sat, sat on your you, own. I'm sat on my own in this flat, drinking two, three bottles of wine a night. Like what the fuck are you just drinking myself into a super going, we doing. And it was just this realization of going, whatever, however I've got to this stage, I need to do the complete opposite now. And the thing that I realized is that I would be I wanted everyone on social media to look at me as like superhuman. I'd get back to every message. I'd get back to I'd voice note every single person. I'd be like, "Wow, you know, like this guy, you would message him at 11 and you get a voice note, note back. You'd I'd be that fucking person." And I realized that sometimes i would spend 25 30 minutes on the phone to a stranger, but I wouldn't even spend a 10-minute conversation with my wife. You're like, "What the fuck am I doing?" I'm putting myself out there for all of these strangers, giving my energy and time and uh, to all of these people who don't matter, don't fucking matter. What matters is the time and the effort and energy that I put into being a good dad, a good husband, a good friend, and I just wasn't doing that. So 2017 was the time where I told everyone to fuck off. I'm not gonna get back to your messages, I'm not gonna get back to your emails, I need to fix this. And with any kind of, a lot of people talk about balance, I'm trying to find balance in my life and and here's the thing A person's balance is always different because it depends on where they are in their life but in order to have balance you need to know the extreme of doing too much and the consequence of doing too little because balance is about knowing where you are on that scale and knowing what you need to do in that situation to balance it out and at that moment in time I was doing too much for other people I was being incredibly selfless and what I needed to do to balance it back, back down is to be incredibly selfish. Selfish with my time and, and having time for myself and selfish with spending time with my family and friends and not with random strangers on the internet. Yeah, And that was a massive change for me. It was realizing that I don't need to get back to every message. I don't need to get back to every email. I need to serve myself first so I can serve other people. Yeah. And I even do this today. You know, I get, email, I get messages all the time asking for things or you know, sometimes long-winded messages and I just delete it. And I don't, don't have to I feel have, guilty about that. I don't that. feel guilty whatsoever because I didn't ask for you to send me that. And I get to pick and choose and that's absolutely fine. And and it's just getting over that thought of wanting everybody to like you. And, it, and that's one of the biggest things that I realise with social media in this game is you get to choose who you respond to, what you do. If the intention is, which mine is to to serve others at my best, to turn up and do the best podcast, to turn yeah. up and do and give the best content, and I'm only going to be able to do that if I'm in a good place physically, mentally, emotionally and financially. And all of those factors are, are normally based on peace and quiet and time to be on my craft and get better and spending time with the people that give me energy,
0: not... Take my energy yeah hundred percent because when you put out a podcast at the at the level i 'm doing at the moment e- even it's like you get a, you get hundreds of messages from people and I've found myself responding to those people rather than in this case being present with my mum and my dad in, in, instead of moving my business activities forward that pay for this podcast in the first place yep. you know and that's where you've got to really Be like, okay, you know, could you just like that message rather than sending a voice note for a minute? Do you know what I mean? To to show you appreciate and you've seen it, but you don't have to. You don't have to voice note everybody back because you're literally you're literally taking the time and attention away from from creating money and abundance in your life, so that you can serve these people at a higher level. But also coming up with the ideas for the next thing that's going to change somebody's life, the next podcast,
1: the next guest, and it's and a lot of its systems as well. I learned this of being a personal trainer when i first was a personal trainer i used to work one to one with people and to check in with clients would take me 16 hours for 150 clients fast forward to last year with one of my programs we had 585 people and it would take me an hour to check in with them because it was down to systems let's just say for example that you know that the issue is is you get lots of messages with people telling you something or asking questions it's like cool how can i maximize the value there without it taking my time for example with instagram you can create an automation that if somebody sends you a message to thank them then send them to a form and if they've got a question that 7 p.m every saturday you go live on instagram and you answer all of those questions and the beautiful thing there is that then they can tune into that live yeah they can listen you can answer go i've got this this question from Gary from Birmingham, Gary asked, blah, 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 bang. You can pick the best ones that you think are relevant. Most of those who do ask a the question, they'll be the same question. So let's say, for example, you get 100 questions, 50 of them will be the same. 20 of them won't be really any decent questions, and 30 of them will be gold dust. And the beautiful thing there is that instead of spending hours getting back to people in a week, you spend one hour concentrated effort because you've created a system that adds value to that people that know where you stand and you're able to deliver that in that period of time. And then once again, the beautiful thing is, is you also then have content created to then distribute out. Yeah, because
0: got, yeah, they, 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 have, they have curated your content and it's the content that they want because they asked for it. Also one of the great things as well is that you're getting
1: similar questions so you know kind of what your audience wants to hear so if they're struggling with something if they're asking a repetitive question about something you can get some ideas for a guest who you might not know the answer but i want you to get can, that guest can, on because you can, you then can i bring can ask. someone
0: on yeah yeah you yeah. can bring someone on
1: and it and what i found is that there are ways of maximizing your time and it's just knowing that you get to create these things. The beautiful thing about social media now is that I can turn around and say to people, look, you won't, I will answer that, but I'll only answer that at 7 p.m. on a Saturday so you're setting, when I answer all of
0: them. Yeah, you're setting a, a framework around your time, so you're guarding your time and, and you're setting a process yeah. around it. And the
1: beautiful thing about it is, as you know, if people are constantly asking you questions throughout the day, Your response to that question at 7 a.m. is very different to the response to that question at 7 p.m. after you've had a fucking stressful day. Yeah. And I had a tendency back in the day, like 2016, when I was busy, of getting back to things at people at 11 o'clock, after being extremely exhausted and maybe taking a question the wrong way. Then saying something that I got defensive on, not because, it was a bad question, but because I was too tired to look at it the way it was meant to be received. Yeah. So then they get abuse held back to them. And then suddenly I've lost a, a person who thought at that time I was a good person. Yeah. And it's not that I wasn't a good person. It's just that you caught me at the wrong time. And this is the same problem that so many people have in their lives because serving other people, being exhausted all the time, means you can't serve people at,
0: at your best. One of, the, one of the biggest questions that I get a lot in the DMs is is how do I find purpose, Frankie? Like that's that's the, like the or 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 a variation of a question that, that I look at it and think, ah, oh, they're lacking purpose. So in regards to like, what is you what are your tips on f- to, to, to allow someone to find that purpose in their life, whatever that purpose is to them? How would you go about finding it? So, one of the things I would say is, we all like different
1: things. We all enjoy different things. We all have different passions for things. And if you really want purpose, that passion for that thing needs to serve other people. And this could be anything. You know, if you've got a passion for Pokemon cards, don't just enjoy collecting Pokemon cards. Be the best fucking Pokemon collector there is and then share your expertise with other people who like that shit. Because then your purpose is then... Being able to serve people who once again enjoy that thing by adding value to that. And this is the thing that drives and motivates everything that I've ever done. I got very good at going to the gym, you know, been training since the age of 13. Started competing at 23 after 10 years in the gym. Placed very well at shows because I'd started training from a young age. So I'd built the kind of, you know, the muscular, whatever the word is, muscular chair. Um, beyond what my competitors were because I'd just been training longer than them and lifting weights more so I excelled in that and what happened from there I had a massive passion for it and I was sharing my passion for free helping people get better ended up becoming a PT and the reason I've become successful in it is because I just enjoyed doing it fast forward then when I was building my gym when I was building my social media a load of personal trainers coming to me and going how do you do this online stuff how do you do this social media stuff and my thing is I'll, I'll show you I'll show you exactly what I'm doing and then Adding loads of value and then suddenly turning it into a business. And that's why I've always got purpose. It's like, cool, I've got good at this thing. I've been able to beat on my craft and become good at this thing. How can I help people get where I am? And that's created a massive drive and purpose because that gives me so much energy teaching someone something and then them going away and then doing it and then coming back to me and going, I did that thing and I got that result. That is why I do it. You know, when I get a message from someone saying, and i had someone come up to me in belfast who was he was he, you know he he was uh, very close to committing suicide and he'd listened to some of my podcasts and he listened to some of my content and he's there just to say thank you because now he's a pt and now he's going down this this purposeful route and if you think about it he's now helping other people so because because you
0: know you helped him and he
1: helped himself as well exactly and it just makes me realize when i hear things like that why i'm doing these things because it's you know the purpose is not about me it's about other people and i'm only sharing the things that i've learned and done myself not just making some random things up my entire you know the last eight years have, has been about oh i tried this thing and it made me feel good i'm going to talk to people about it because sometimes learning things at a high level Involves teaching others, and that's been the massive thing for me. If I want to learn something more, I, I, I teach others because you need to know you need to learn it at such a, a higher level to be able to teach another person, which means I've got to delve a lot deeper into that subject. And normally, when I teach something that I'm passionate about and just becoming new and I'm doing the research and that, it, it gets tattooed
0: onto my brain. Do you think though that a lot of people out there are going to, to seek? mentorship from people that are too many steps ahead of them though far too many a
1: lot of people will look for these millionaire billionaire mentors they'll be listening to quotes from elon musk
0: and not realizing that
1: because
0: if i if i was going if i wanted to go into property all right i might watch grant cardone's content but I wouldn't follow the way that Grant Cardone operates when I'm going into property in the UK, for argument's sake. I'd 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 go and find someone like Tyler Newman or some some someone someone who's doing bits at a great level, but is is not as far ahead as Grant that's buying billion two two three billion. Because you're 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 looking at buying the first one. You're looking at getting from you know one to five to to you know you can't you can't learn yeah. it off, the, off those kind of people. It's, this it's
1: this is different a, game. This is something I said this weekend. Like. I asked people, if, have they ever seen the film "Catch Me If You Can" with Leonardo DiCaprio? And when he was caught, they were asking him how he was able to teach a class. One chapter ahead. And one said, chapter ahead. Yeah. And it's actually, true. and one of the main things that the reason that people don't progress and the reason that people don't go out there is because they think they need to have read the whole book in order to be able to teach it. To teach it. When actual fact people really admire people who are just a couple of chaps ahead because if that person's just a little bit leaner or has six months ago been where they are that yeah. is so much more inspirational for that person than someone who's sitting there on stage with a shredded six-pack trying to sell fucking meal plans yeah because that's unrealistic that is that that kind of envision in your head of what you aspire to be, which you're never going to probably be because that person's been lifting weights since the age of 13, has been doing it 20 years versus this person who's just shown you what is possible in that period of time, who is like you, who just did these things and you can do it too. And there's a real difference between being this leader and this kind of reluctant hero. People love that kind of reluctant hero who, and this is the great thing I love about social media, this great thing I love about TikTok, Last, this weekend, there's a, there's a guy that I follow, um, is this Northern guy and he does one minute beer review. He's one, one minute beer one review? One minute beer review. He's 1200 episodes in on his TikTok. And all he does is go one minute beer review, puts the can, puts in a glass, drinks it, tells us whether it's good or not. That's it. And I fucking love it because it just shows he's found the thing that he loves. Yeah. And I was on a live, and I just chucked him. I think it was like sixty-five quid, because what you can do is you can buy coins on TikTok and then send people like cars. Like he he sent this,
0: he sent this geezer. Yeah, yeah. he
1: was on a. (laughs) He was sixty quid, not six (laughs) hundred. And I just wanted to let him know because so many people do these things that they're passionate about, and they don't get the recognition that they deserve. And the thing is, I'm following him because I love my craft beer. And I want to know the best ones to go and buy in Tesco's and Sainsbury's. And he's going in there, he's tasting them and giving us his thoughts. So I'm getting better at the thing that I enjoy doing because of him. And the reason that I wanted him, you know, I say, look, I had about 60 quid's worth of coins in my ad thing. I just sent it straight to him. And I said, look, i just sent you 60 quid. Use it to buy beers to carry on this journey. And he sent me a message going, oh, I can't believe you've done that. I said, But keep doing it what you're doing because you're doing... A, a, you're adding a service to me for free, which is making me make better decisions and, about my And beer. not
0: only that, there's a classic example of like, you wouldn't have thought someone could build a following by just going into a supermarket, getting a beer, cracking the beer open, drinking the beer, giving it a review. You, you and, know, this,
1: and this is what I'm saying about
0: yeah. purpose. It's
1: 2022. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do, as long as you're passionate about doing it and sharing it with the world. I follow a guy called Every Slice. He has got 1.3 million followers. And all he does is he cuts bread to music. So when the beat drops, the bread drops. And that's it. <laughs> and his entire content, 1.3 million followers. That's yeah. all his content is. He's got a, uh, a t-shirt business with all these bread designs on. He's probably making, what, $10,000 a month through these t-shirts. So he is make. he's got a six-figure business cutting bread to music. If you don't think that you can, you know, make money yeah. and build a following on what it is that you're passionate about, you're sadly mistaken.
0: I've got a, I got know a guy in Australia actually called Juzzy who owns Bread Gang TV, and they just literally go around at the end at the end of the clubs and start interviewing drunk people, and and the stories and the and the and the content that comes out of this is just it just goes viral because they go to these little towns in the in the outback in Australia and they go. These different places, and then and then they post it in certain areas, and then all the all the friends want to tag each other. It's, it creates viral content, and they're just absolutely smashing it and growing at a rate of knots. And it's like, who would have thought five years ago? Even you could you could literally go and do anything like that, you know. So th- it just goes to show you the world is abundant, and you can achieve anything, or do anything, or build a following doing anything. But it has to be something you're passionate about. Yep. And the fir- the the first thing is like. Like you said before, it's like go to go to that journal and write down what you will and won't accept in your life, and kind of and kind of and kind of see where you're at, and be honest, be radically honest with yourself. And when you're radically honest with yourself, it's plain and apparent what you're missing. I mean, I even knew before I walked in here today that the the habit, some of the habits that I'd, that of my morning routine had had fell by the wayside too much, and I needed to after you know when I get back to Peterborough today, I needed to get that back on track and start to put. A, process in place to make sure that's that's hit the point. Because if I don't hit the point on that for much longer, I'm going to burn myself out because I'm not giving to myself as much as I'm giving to others now. Yep. Do you and know you, what I mean?
1: And this is where you need to have non-negotiables, as in there is a list of things that you will not accept in yourself unless you do, because as, as you're letting yourself down. And, and here's the thing, it doesn't need to be this extreme three or four-hour morning routine. My non-negotiable is I must go to the gym at least three times a week because i can pretty much non-negotiable guarantee that i can do that it's always more usually yeah but even if it's a busy time it's those three sessions i must get up and go for a walk i've done that every day every day five five eight years and that's not always when i'm in a place because sometimes i don't especially if i've had a few beers the night before but i will do some form of uh, of reflection and work i need to do at least 20 30 minutes of myself in the morning with something that's gonna make me um, you know something selfish that's gonna make me feel good in order that I can you know, do the things. go I'm and give to, to others do. yeah yeah and sometimes it doesn't you know like take a holiday for example do I need to all these habits and routines no cause I'm on holiday I'm not working I'm, I'm in a very different mind state and I can be very reflective and I'm spending time with my kids and, and my wife that that in itself is the the routine because I'm recharging my batteries and Not in a stressful environment of work. So I don't need to do as many things. So it's all of these things that you need to have a word with yourself on what you will and won't accept with yourself. And a lot of people do. Something I said to a lot of personal trainers this weekend is if you treated your clients like you treat yourself sometimes, you wouldn't have any fucking clients. If you treated your friends like you treated yourself sometimes, you wouldn't have any friends. So... You really, really need to have a word with yourself and ha- write down a list of rules of the things that you will and won't accept. And they don't need to be extreme; they just need to be those non-negotiables.
0: How many rules should people be be aiming for with with, with writing those down? How many? How many would you say? Like, are we talking like five to ten? Are we talking five? Or? I would say that you need to have a non-negotiable for
1: your. As I have a business, I have three Bs. I have a non-negotiable. I have a non-negotiable for my body. Yeah. I have a non-negotiable for my brain and yeah. I have a
0: non-negotiable for my business. I love it because that's something that every person that listens to this can go and do because it's, it's, it's literally three things.
1: Yeah, so non-negotiable for my body at the moment is get those three gym sessions in. I love going to the gym. If you don't like going to the gym, get three home workouts in, get three badminton sessions in, whatever it is that floats your boat. Whatever gets you sweaty, has resistance in your body, do non-negotiable three for your brain for me it's making sure that I rest it so my brain needs adequate amounts of sleep I have a non-negotiable getting at least seven hours sleep okay weekend sometimes not but sometimes I will lie in a bit more to make sure that I get that so really at the moment a real non-negotiable which is gonna move the needle forward more than anything else is making sure that I'm getting enough sleep always difficult when I've got a three-year-old that's always jumping, uh, jumping in my bed every single night. But, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. And for my business, the non-negotiable is make sure you turn up every day on social media. That is my non-negotiable. That's something that I've done every day for the last, I think I've taken one week off social media. That was 2017, where it was a kind of a forced time off. Um, where I was on a private island, disappeared off for a week. Best thing that ever happened. But since then, I haven't been off consistently posting on social media since 2012.
0: When you say posting on social though, that's not you physically posting, is it? That's you scheduling, right?
1: Scheduling, yeah, but showing up, you'll always see a story from me. You'll always see something from me. You'll always see a response from me. Because it's just a lot of my habits and routines. A lot of my habits and routines are, after I've done this, check this. And it's normally Instagram, TikTok, Facebook group. So I normally and I've habitually done that kind of seven days a week for five years. So it's a subconscious habit. And sometimes I need to get myself out of that, especially like on a Thursday. That's taken a bit of time to kind of force myself away from that. But that is my non-negotiable. You show up every day and do
0: the work. Break it. Break down for me your growth on TikTok and how that's happening right now.
1: So I joined TikTok 2019. I heard Gary V say this is the next up and coming platform. I was just like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to make a 30 day commitment. I don't know what I'm doing on this platform. I'm just going to post whatever. I'm going to have a look at what other people are doing, and I'm going to do it. I was posting lots of different random things. Did this push up video right on day 28. Got like 450,000 uh, 450, views. I was like, oh, I get this thing now. So I was doing a lot more kind of fitnessy things, trends, and I was having fun with it. Yeah. And one thing I loved about the platform at that time, and you know, still now, is just the realness and raw of it, of just people enjoying themselves and not really caring about a strategy. And as of anything, as it grows, it changes. But my strategy. From there, I mean, I think I got to like 100,000 followers within the first year. And it was fastly becoming my most followed social media platform. And then I started thinking, right, what do I want to be on this platform? And that was a hard thing because I've got lots of viral videos for lots of different things, for things that are funny, for, you know, things that are funny, skits, memes, serious things educational things and then i just sat down and go you know what floats your boat what do you really want to do and lots of people on tiktok were doing kind of piss takey things call out things and i was like do you know what tiktok needs tiktok needs somebody who is just posting good quality content that is leaving people better when they find it and that was just my mission with my content especially this year it's like right your one mission, Jay, this year is you can do all of these things. You like, you like your memes. You got a warped sense of humor, but let's just let's just focus on content that makes people feel better because that's what people need after the last few years that we've had. They just need somebody, somewhere to go to that they get a little pick me up, feel a little bit better, and they know that they're guaranteed going to get that if they follow that person. And that's what I wanted to be. And since I did that, that's where all the growth came from because. All of my content
0: is geared around making people feel better. there's been another 750K on top of that, isn't
1: there? Yeah, so I think it's like, 815,000 on, on TikTok now. Yeah. And my Instagram went from, I think it was like 100, 120,000 at the beginning of Jan to 315 now.
0: So it's kind of doubled this year already it's mad it's mad it's mad the growth you can have on there because obviously they've, they've throttled they've throttled instagram now haven't they really i, I think one of the biggest thing biggest advice i give people is that find the
1: thing that you enjoy doing that's just the one thing a lot of people do lots of different things and try lots of different things and you need to do lots of different things to find what your one thing is but understand that we follow different people for different things you know i'll follow that person because they give good advice on beer but if he starts going and doing motivational quotes on that i'm like didn't really follow you for that. I followed you yeah, for beer yeah, reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the reason that you've done a thousand because that's your thing. Yeah. I follow this person because they do funny skits. So they've got a humor. So I just all I care about is you doing skits. I don't care about your political views, I don't care about anything or that. I care about that. I follow this guy for his mindset, for his different things and breaking down different things. I follow, you, you know, and it's being in a lane and only doing that. And it doesn't mean that all you do is that, but
0: that's all you do on social media. See, I had to have a bit of a pivot. I I used to put like a quote post quote post quote post quote post and the and the quotes were getting real good shares and all that stuff and, and creating lots of engagement and all that kind of stuff but I'm like fuck I don't want to do that anymore I just want to put out videos so I'm like I've, I've turned it into just video only now like because I, because it's something I wanted to do and you take a little bit of a hit for that and people are like oh you know I want quotes but it's like you have to do what you want to actually fucking do because yeah. you can't. I just like putting out podcast content because that's what I like to do, and that's fine. You, I've got to be at peace with the fact that some people are going to unfollow you because they followed you for the fucking quotes. But like you said, trying to do quote picture, quote picture, video, all this other stuff—it's like you're being too many things to too many different people, and you, then you, you're nothing to anybody because of that reason. Yep, and it's knowing what what you want to do because you get to choose. Because if you don't want to do something,
1: it's very hard to be consistent with that thing. Yeah. especially if it's for other people because look what you just said you are doing things for other people that you don't enjoy doing which means uh, for me from a business point of view is it means that I'm putting things out for people that I don't want to work with because
0: they like the things they don't like the things that I like yeah and and this this is one thing I've, I've seen especially in the fitness space and and UK and this happens in the UK Australia all over the world but Especially with with a lot of the females, a lot of the, I feel sorry for them in some respects because they're putting out a lot of photos of the of the booty tweak and all this kind of stuff because that's what gets them the most engagement, right? Yes, especially on TikTok, I see a lot of people
1: that are doing those things, and of course they do. They get lots of views and lots of attention. You have got to ask yourself: Is what you want lots of views and lots of attention? Do you want to build up that kind of following? What would you rather a million people who are only following you for that, or? fifty thousand people who follow you for your thoughts your you as yeah. a person and what you think and I'm talking from experience here is the fact that I built m- most of my following for my physique no one heard what I was saying, saying for years yeah they were sharing my pictures of what I looked like and yeah that's great to a certain extent but then you attach your identity to the way that you look and when I was younger and people were like right cool you've got to go to this event, this fitness event. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm 10 pounds overweight. Fuck, I need to then extreme diet down to looking the way which people are following me for. And you see how fucked up that is then. Whereas now, my following is built from my words
0: and the things that I say. And it's more congruent with who you are because it's actually what you want to do. Exactly. I mean... There's uh, um, I know people that have like forty thousand followers on social media that is female, and she's she coaches she coaches mainly female clients, and she's got forty thousand followers. And out of the forty thousand followers, there'll be about thirty two thousand guys that are looking at her ass that aren't that aren't going to buy anything from you.
1: Yeah, and this is the same problem that I've had with certain clients, female clients, sixty two thousand followers, ninety two thousand male trying to cater to to female to market. female market, and once again struggling with business because the Following that you've created is based on the
0: content that you've put out, and the problem with that I've found is that a lot of these girls then, because they think, oh, they feel pressure, they've got ninety-two thousand male followers, they'll think to themselves, oh, you know what, I'll go get OnlyFans then, which compromises. If they had a list of non-negotiables, it compromise it would compromise one of their non-negotiables. But because they're trying to operate in a way that as a cash grab, they'll just go and get it anyway, yeah. Because they didn't have that list of non-negotiables listed down, and think it, it does this actually align with me? It, it's an interesting dynamic and, and
1: as with anything only time will tell and i don't know the answer to this but there are and there are people out there that are doing that and they are bringing in a serious amount of money lots of money lots of money a serious amount of money and every person's different for some person that that is a great decision for them for another person that could be the worst thing that they could do and I don't know the answers to that because I don't know that person. I don't know what their, their, you know, their intentions are, their motives are. And as with anything, only time will tell. You just don't know.
0: From the people that I've spoken to, they're, they're like, they've, they've, they've told me that, you know, that they have done that part of it because they were, they were trying to monetize that part of the audience. Which is the wrong metric, is what I'm saying. That there's no problem with with OnlyFans or any of these things. There's no problem with any of them. But you have to actually wanna to choose to do it because you wanna to choose to do it. The problem I have with it is when you're telling me that you did that because it was a monetization move. But that's a very short-term game that you're playing. That's a twelve month game when you should be looking about what happens five years down the road. How do how do because with owning contentremoval.com, I can tell you that you, you you, might, there might come a point in time when you want to remove some content off the internet, right? Well, th-
1: this is, I say, that only time will tell. I mean, at the moment, these individuals are doing, you know, I've, I've listened to some of these podcasts 100, 200,000 pounds dollars a, a month. A month, yeah. But they're 22. At 32, I and mean, you've got a five year old daughter who now starts Googling your name, you know, we're really not thinking into the future with stuff like that, but we don't. And it, that you might be absolutely fine with that and that's totally up to you you know who yeah. am i to judge what your what thoughts you're doing, are yeah. about the future but personally that's always something that i'm kind of looking into and one of the things that i'm so grateful for is the fact that the internet wasn't around when i was a teenager i am so fucking grateful for that
0: because we, we could make mistakes when we were younger in the '90s, and you know, yeah. you know, you could make mistakes, and you could do things, and be like, and not be judged on it now. Whereas now, it's like you could, you could literally, like, you could send a nude or something, and then it could come and haunt you ten years later. You just don't, you just don't know. So everything, there's a, there's a consequence to everything you say, everything you put out, and everything you do now on social media in, yep. in the, that could, that could cost you a brand deal in five years time. Also, at the same time is that we.
1: I mean, the per- as, as we've already said, the person I was 10 years ago is very different to the person 10 years now. And I, I, I think it's a shame that people are getting kind of penalized for things that they did in the past. And having then suddenly having to apologize for that thing. And a lot of people think that people's minds are fixed. So if they were like that 10 years ago, they're like that now. And that's bollocks. People change all thought,
0: of the time. I, I think I think every thirty days I'm a completely different human to what I was thirty days before because of the learnings that I've had and the, and and the 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 kind of the culmination of the kind of the books that I've read or you know I might have read the same book three times and the, this third time I read it I've picked up something completely different to the first time I read it about six months before you know you you're, you're constantly evolving. No one's ever the same human thirty days later to what they were before. One hundred
1: percent. I remember picking up at twenty four years of age the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and I two chapters it. in i was like what feel water listen to yourself fuck that i'm too busy <laughs> whereas now it's like all makes sense about being in your own company take you know taking a little bit of time to you know be aware of your surroundings and stuff like that having you know, relaxing music on doing breath work being peaceful i'd look at people like that in my 20s and go what the fuck are you doing what's the point in that yeah. and it's not until you get older that you you realise and you change as a person. There's a,
0: there's a lot of wisdom in in not and there? there's a lot of wisdom in it. Like people say, people say, you know, would you go back and be be younger? And I, I, personally wouldn't, because like I've, I'm I'm enjoying every part of the learning curve I'm having along this the whole the whole journey. You know, I'm 34 now, but I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be 18 again like because because if i was 18 again i'd know i'd know i'd i'd know what i know at 18 you can't know you can't know what you, th- you know at 34 at 18 you just can't do it
1: yeah it's a question i get asked all the time is what if you could go back in time what would you tell your 20 year old self apart from buy bitcoin <laughs> it would uh, <laughs> it would um it, it would be you'll be fine and i wouldn't say anything because I'm where i am to that I'm where I am today because not only the successes that I've had but also the massive failures and the fuck ups. So
0: but the failures come with the failures come some of your biggest learnings that allow your biggest successes to happen. Exactly. Because you know some of some of those some of those times that you perceived if the, there, there was a failure there wasn't even a failure because the, the lessons that you've learned in those you've placed into this thing that you've gone and achieved massive success in over here. It's like And it's those
1: failures are, which are lessons which you sometimes need to experience in order then to learn from it you can't just have somebody tell you and some of the quickest ways of learning is learning from others mistakes but sometimes you need to actually feel those mistakes yourself to learn from them emotionally and physically you know if someone said to me you know slow in 2016 slow down jay spend more time with your family i know that but I'm not experienced on feeling yeah, that, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have made such an impact on my life had I not gone through
0: that shit and experienced it for myself. This is why when, when sometimes when people say, "Learn from other people's losses and stuff," it's, it's easy to say that. It's but but you learn the most when you go out and try and you fall down yourself, and. And what I want people to get out of this podcast is the fact of, like, from from you and from all the guests that I've had on this podcast is the fact of, like, just go out there and start executing. Because when you start executing and you start tripping over and you start tripping up, you'll find your way. You cannot find your way if you're sat on your couch always consuming content, always trying to learn, trying to learn, trying to learn, trying to learn. But if you're not executing, like, you know, I don't know whether this will be like 94 or 95 episodes in. If you've listened to 95 episodes of my fucking podcast, you'd have got a lot of value. But if you've not executed on any of the content, then your life hasn't moved fucking forward. And it's, and it's like, gee, the execution's written on the wall here. And it's like, it's, it's mad because execution is the game. It's the only game in town. Going back to personal trainers, a lot of them are reluctant
1: to give out information. And especially the information that they only give to their clients. So they're like, I won't, I'm not going to put my best stuff on social media because I won't get any clients. And I'm like, you don't understand this people have all the information as you just said you can google it there's youtube videos on it people don't pay for information they pay for implementation you as a coach you're not really giving them anything that they don't already know you're just making sure that they do it and that's the biggest problem because holding people accountable exactly people read all the books people can tell i remember i remember working with a guy who was a professor was on one of my fat loss challenges and he had read every single book that i had read he could tell me all the biggest takeaways from the book yet he was still struggling to do things i'm like all you got to do is all those things that you know you've just gotta do
0: and that's always the biggest thing because but it all it all starts with you can know a lot of things but it all starts with executing on one thing and then when you've perfected that over 25, 30 days and execute on another thing and another thing and another thing. Because it's like, if I was to go back to Australia today, fly back, and I thought, right, I want to get all my habits in that that I got going from 30, 40 days ago. I want to get them all back. I wouldn't just implement them all in in one day and just expect them to to come back to me like naturally. I'd be like, okay, right, I'll, you know, I want to breathe every morning. That's a non-negotiable. And then, and then, okay, I want to breathe, and then I want to have a run. Okay, cool. That's the second week. And then, do you know what I mean? I stack them on top of each other yeah. to get a bit of momentum. You can't go. The morning routine that you've got—that's four hours—took you twenty-five years to get to, right? Yeah. The morning. So the morning routine
1: started with getting up and going for a walk. That was it. Yeah. That was the one thing. Get up early, go for a walk. That side about eight years ago. And that was the consistency there. Then it was get up, go for a walk. Oh, podcast, what are these? Get up, go for a walk, listen to a podcast. Oh, hang on a minute. This social media thing's kicking off. Get up, go for a walk, shoot some videos and talk and listen to a podcast. And then it was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I need to do more stretching. And this was only like a couple of years ago. It's like, right, cool. I've tried all these different apps and things, but this one would work well for me. Biggest tightness that I have is in my lower body. They have a daily workout. I just download the app, press play, and just follow exactly what it says. Nice and easy for me. That becomes my new habit. Sea dips. Well, the beautiful thing is, is my walk is by the sea. So when we're talking about habit stacking, it's very easy to then do the thing because... I can see the sea. So I can go for the walk and then do the sea dip whilst go- doing the habit, which has now been ingrained yeah. to me for the last eight years. So stacking these things becomes easier if you just focus on that one thing, do that well. And that that thing that's well could be just committing to get up an hour earlier each day, because in order to do those habits, you need to get up an hour early. And it's easier when you build up the habit of getting up earlier and doing that thing
0: yeah 100 percent.
1: so don't feel that you've got to do all of these things and it's will say that people make with a fat loss they're like cool i need to lose 20 pounds so i'm gonna not i'm gonna knock alcohol on the head i'm gonna start going to the gym i've never been to the gym before i'm gonna start getting my steps in i'm going to eat healthy food i'm like well there's four brand new things that you haven't done before which you have, have never been consistent with that you're suddenly doing now good luck and so why don't we knock Take alcohol out. I know that you're drinking eight, eight tins of Stella on a Friday. Do four. Yeah. Then do two. And reduce, don't remove.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's the removal of things from your life in one go that kind of really fuck you and set you back. Because it's like, you know, when I come, I'm, I'm shortly going to be going off caffeine again, because I've got back on some caffeine and, and I'd previously quit it when I came back to England. Straight away, a habit that was a big habit of mine in England came back into my life. And I'm like, fucking hell. And it's because habit, I've tied a lot of habits in my life to different locations. But... In saying that, now when I go go off, off caffeine again, I won't go just cold turkey. I'll go okay, reduce to this much a day, and then reduce this much a day, and then and then phase it out. You don't, yeah, because it, because otherwise, you're setting yourself up to fail all the time, and it's and then and then when you and then when you perceive yourself to fail, you then cement that kind of thinking into everything else that you want to do, and then you don't change anything, <laughs> and then you're back to where you started again.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to I would say reduce or remove because there are some things that you've reduced down and you fail miserably and then you have to remove it completely. Take for example, the alcohol in 2020. I was like, right, cool. I'm drinking seven days a week. Now I'm just going to do it on the weekends. But because I was used to drinking like a few, few beers on a Friday, you know, Monday to Friday, um, what I ended up doing was drinking a hell of a lot more on the weekend because I was restricting myself for, um, Monday to Friday and then really going to town on the weekend and actually doing more damage because I was, it very much like people overly restrict their calories and then gorge on food on the weekend. Yeah. It's like, cool. We need to remove this from our life completely and go cold turkey and make a commitment to do this because there are some things. And I've forgotten. I think I think it was Josh Waitskin, he's a chess uh, chess genius. He's got this great book called The Art of Learning. And He said it's easier to be a hundred percent than it is to be ninety nine.
0: Do you know what? You're right. You're right. I think. I think. I think with me as well. I've experienced that because I, I tried to phase out caffeine before previously and that failed miserably. And when I went cold turkey off it, I just rattled like a heroin addict for 10 days. And
1: <laughs> I literally
0: yeah. I literally did. And then and then all and then it was fine. And that was a better way of doing it. So I might I might even implement that myself. Yeah,
1: and and it's reduce or remove. Whenever you want to start a new habit, it's just, firstly it's making a commitment. Mm. I started I didn't start with the C D it's the side of a cold shower. And I was like, how am I gonna do this thing? Cool. Hold yourself accountable by telling people that you're doing it because if you don't do it, you look like a twat, uh, video each day yeah, and then post it on social media to hold yourself accountable to do it and do it for 30 days regardless. And it comes back to that Les Brown quote, commitment is doing the thing you said you do long after the mood in which you said it has passed. But it can be a lot easier, very much like me, when I've got a big social media following because I can hold myself accountable to that. And if I say I'm doing something and I don't,
0: that doesn't, do it, yeah. that doesn't
1: bode well with my values because it goes against... What I talk about with everything that I do, and that's being able to practice what I preach.
0: What are some of the books that you'd give people to read that they must read, like if they're, if you know to to put into their life? Okay, so something I always say is transformation starts from the
1: neck up, and once you get the head right, everything else follows. That being said, the three books I'd recommend would be Atomic Habits by James Clear, great book, Mindset by Carol Dweck. And the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield.
0: Right, what's the, the War of Art. I've not actually heard of that, but what's what, what's the, what's the premise of it? So a lot of it is understanding resistance,
1: and what resistance is is exactly what we're talking about with regards to discipline. Yeah. And it's one of the things that Stephen Pressfield. I, I say this a lot: is that if you give something a name, it it then becomes reality. For example, a lot of my fat loss challenges. I used to say you have to give your hunger a name. Because when you experience hunger and you identify it as a name, it becomes a lot easier to deal with. When we go to the doctor and we don't know what's wrong with us, we feel this anxiety and fear because we don't know what it is. And then when we go to the doctor and it goes, oh, it's this. We don't actually know what that is. But because it's a name, we feel a lot calmer because we've identified that it is something. Yeah. So what... It's the unknown that's the fear. It's the unknown that's the fear. And and it's very hard to overcome something if you don't understand it and what he talks about is resistance and what he says that resistance is is everything in your life that's stopping you being where you want to be and he talks about in the book a process of calling in this muse and create and understanding this 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 thing this resistance and finding out
0: ways to notice it understand it and overcome it I love that I love that because I've never I've never heard of that book before So
1: you can read um, the book in an hour yeah, as well that's, is-
0: that, that, that's a great thing isn't it having a book that you can actually read in an hour as well like you, we were talking about uh, The Dip by Seth Godin great book yeah. uh, and that's that's a similar book you can read that in an hour as well it's like 100 pages but it's just something if you're experiencing um, a part of your life where you kind of feel like you're you're going uphill and you kind of, you feel like you're pushing, but nothing's happening for you. The dip is a great book to read, to reset your mind and understand what part of the curve that you're on at that particular point with what you're trying to achieve and kind of keep going. I think that's, that's, that's one book that you said to me at the start of this podcast, um, that's kind of, that's kind of, I've read and I might reread as well because it's just a, a powerful book. But if you had to check out the planet tomorrow, Jay, right, you're checking out, you can't leave anything physical behind but you could leave some infinite wisdom that you can impart on the people to, to help them move forward and take life to a whole new level for them, what would that be?
1: So what I said at the end of my podcast is what you put in your body affects how you look and how you feel and what you put in your head affects what you think and what you do. At the front of my studio here, I say environment dictates performance. Now I'm in Borglum Regis. There was no people like what I wanted to be around here. So my environment was surrounded by the beach, but also surrounded by podcasts. And what I was able to do is surround myself in an environment of being able to listen to people who were playing a bigger game than me, who I could learn from and then start implementing. And it's just understanding that nobody is going to do this for you. You have to take it upon yourself to do it yourself. And what you practice in private, you will always be rewarded for in public.
0: I love it, mate. I love it because it's so succinct that you have said that. Because you, you, it's the reps that you the reps that you take for yourself when no one else is watching is exactly what the world will celebrate you for in a, in a year's time or two years time. You know, it's 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 it's, 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 a, it's a proven thing. It's a pro- it's, pro- it's been proven to me with this podcast and everything else that you've done with your TikTok growth and everything else. I just want to say, mate, congratulations because. Uh, I was, looking, I, was, I was looking the other day on your Instagram, it's like 5,800 posts or something ridiculous that you've put in. So that's like 5,800 reps just on Instagram alone. And we were talking before this podcast and I was, I was, I was asking you about video content and all this kind of stuff because that is your speciality is video. And you are saying about like there's like 2,100 client videos and all this kind of stuff. It's just like you are a clear example to everyone out there that the reps and the consistency is what leads to success in any level. So I just yeah. want to say I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Appreciate and it. thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming down. Appreciate Mate, it. Mate, i I never thought I'd come from the Gold Coast of Bosnia Regis. <laughs> <laughs> what a transformation, man. But guys, do me a solid favor. If you like this, drop uh we can't promise a reply, but drop us, drop us a message, share it on social media, um, tag us, whatever you gotta do. But put this in as many people's ears as possible. I hope this gives you some real insights into putting more habits in your life, more structure around what you're doing, give you a bit more clarity, give yourself a bit more focus and much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.